0: Hello and welcome to Helpline In Focus. This is where we take the time to explore parenting topics in greater depth. I'm talking deep dives into challenges like fussy eaters, non-sleepers and tantrum throwers. Each Thursday at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, we'll invite one expert from Babyology's Parent School to join us on Facebook Live. You'll be able to ask your own questions either live or through our Facebook helpline group. See links below this video or in the notes of the podcast. That chat will then be podcasted the following Saturday. Today, we're talking about ideal sleep practices for babies. Our expert is Mothercraft nurse Leonie Clements from Babyology's online expert portal Parent School. If you have a question for Leonie, post it in the comments of this Facebook Live and we'll get to as many as we can. Hi Leonie, how are you? I'm well, Siobhan. How are you today? Good, thank you. So if you have a question for Leonie and you're with us on Facebook Live, please pop your questions below and we'll get to as many as we can. Leonie, I know that I went into um, motherhood without a sense of sleep rhythms routines anything I actually had no idea Um, which was quite apparent in how I then went on to parent my children Um, so is it possible to have an ideal sleep practice even when you know you first
1: bring your baby home oh look you can have all the education in the world but everybody's situation is unique and every little being is an individual and you know, we can, set, we can give you guidelines on what is expected, but that's what they are. They're just guidelines. Little things crop up, you know, and circumstances change. So we can give you guidelines for those reasons. What will work for one family may not work for the next.
0: So is it true what they say, that babies are born to feed, not sleep?
1: Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah most definitely. They know they need to survive. They know they need to survive. And to get that, they need to... Feed. And so if they're not feeding well, then everything else seems to fall out of place. So a lot of the key sleeping elements is around feeding and nutrition. Okay, well, that's
0: actually really helpful to start off with. But let's get to some specific questions. This comes from Nara, who um, actually popped this on our Instagram. So there's another place you can Ooh. ask questions. She says, hi, my baby is 12 months old and is currently waking up at around 2 to 3 a.m. every night, sometimes staying awake for two to three hours. I'm wondering if I need to change our routine somehow to get her sleeping through the night. Some info about our routine. She gets up around 8, then has an 8.30 bottle and 9 a.m. breakfast. At 10 a.m., she naps for one hour. We have lunch at 12 p.m., then a bottle at 1, and her afternoon nap starts at 2. She sleeps anywhere from 1 to 2 hours. Dinner is at 5 with a 6 p.m. bottle and 7 p.m. bath. Bedtime is 8 to 8.30.
1: Yeah. That's quite a late bedtime for a baby of that age. But if that routine's working for that family, great. And like I said, it's just guidelines, you know, and every family is different. It is quite a late bedtime. And I think what's probably happening by the sound of it, that late afternoon sleep um, should probably be, baby will be starting to combine up to one sleep a day now. And that's happening later in the day because she's waking up later in the morning. Um, ideally, we'd like to see that sleep early early. Earlier in the day, um, you know, from 11 onwards, um, which will then bring the nighttime period closer. Um, so ideally, you know, 6:37 at the latest, baby into bed, um, and it possibly could be earlier depending on what's happening in the day. So, yeah, that's why she's waking because she's had a big, big stretch of sleep. Um, and if that works, depending on what baby does when baby wakes up for those few hours in the night. That's okay. But, you know, if you look at it as if she's had that big sleep, I'm awake for a few hours, now I'm going to go back to sleep again. That's what would happen if she was waking earlier in the morning and then having that morning sleep combined, stretching it out to the middle of the day. Sometimes they still need two sleeps at that age. It's quite common. Yeah.
0: Um, so chicken or egg, when you're in that scenario and you want to bring the bedtime forward, Hmm. Do you do the unthinkable and wake
1: your child up earlier?
0: Oh, that day it, that you're going to try.
1: And... It's tricky. You can do that, but you you know, baby's not going to want to be awake. You know, she's tired. Baby's tired. You know, we need yeah. to read their cues and not the clock. And I think if you're going to gradually, you need to, if you're going to change your routine, you need to do it gradually by, you know, bringing um, a meal time earlier in the day and those cues for sleep will be instigated earlier mm.
0: well good luck nara that sounds um like a little bit challenging but i'm sure you'll <laughs> get there this one comes from Stacey in brisbane she says my six-month-old has previously been sleeping through until about 7 a.m each morning the past two weeks she's been up at 5 15 sometimes a feed will send her back off to the land of nod for an hour or two but most of the time she's ready to party Could this be due to the weather? Should I be keeping her room warmer? I try to keep it within the guidelines and have a grow
1: egg. Well done, Stacey. It sounds like you're doing everything right and everything you possibly can. It's really more about baby's circadian rhythms and that they're changing at this age. Their sleep cycles are changing to up to 50-minute cycles. So they're having more non-REM wake cycles. So that starts to change. So what that means is baby is going to wake less, more overnight. So they're having a more solid sleep. So that's why the earlier waking is starting to happen and sometimes parents just need to adjust their own day routine to accommodate that. And it's generally only for a little while, um, for a phase, but it is a very normal behaviour to happen.
0: Mm. And it can be very pretty at five thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it
1: can. to <laughs> look at the
0: silver lining on that cloud. Definitely.
1: Most definitely, and you know, and the beauty of that is, if you're getting up that earlier, you can get, you can prepare your evening meal, do your things you need to do for the day, get out early and go and do if you need to do grocery shopping or your errands, and then you're coming back and baby's ready for a nap. Guess what, mum? You can put your feet up too. Yeah, definitely, if you can.
0: Yeah. All right. Good luck, Stacey. This one comes from a Siobhan spelt the Irish way, which I don't do. (laughs) Um, She says, I've read that I'm not supposed to feed my bub to sleep, but he tends to fall asleep with every feed. And with his 7 p.m. one, it usually sends him off until about two or three a.m. when he wakes for his middle of the night feed. Am I making a rod for my own back? He's
1: 17 weeks old. Nice, Siobhan, you're doing really, really well and you're meeting baby's needs and reading baby's cues. Babies need that comfort and it's very normal for them to wait to feed overnight and feeding to sleep because they're in their safe place. They're in mum's arms. So you're doing everything right not making a rod for your own back. You're meeting baby's needs where baby's at. And later on, if you find that sleep becomes an issue and baby wants to feed all the time, that is very normal behaviour to feed to sleep, but it, sometimes some mums feel a little bit tapped out, get back in touch with us again, and we can help you manage through the next phase if you're finding that difficult.
0: I love that because I, I remember feeling very conscious of that with my daughter, mm-hmm. although there's nothing so beautiful as a baby falling asleep while you're yeah. feeding them. It is the most gorgeous yeah. feeling. And I felt really... um bad about it with my daughter. And then with my son, my second child, I just thought, Oh, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. Cause I didn't think I was mm-hmm. like going to have more children. And I really in, let myself enjoy that. Good. And you know what? He just, he, he was fine. Like he weaned off that process. Yeah. He didn't become addicted to it. He, he went right. down once I'd weaned him. To yeah. sleep. He didn't need the boob all the time. So it's good to see both sides. It doesn't always lead to that dependence. No, it does doesn't.
1: It? it doesn't. And you know, and if it if you feel it's starting to, then we can make some changes around that. They can still feed to sleep and then we can look at settling in their sleep space after they've yeah. had that comfort feed if they need it.
0: Because I think sometimes, I don't know what you find, Leonie, with your work, but I think sometimes we as mothers have this idea of what we 're what we 're meant to do, and mm. then we ignore our own instinct
1: and also yeah. what feels beautiful and right for us as well as mothers exactly moms. exactly, and we all come from different backgrounds and cultures, so you know what we 've grown up with is very different to our neighbors and so I think you know the main thing is reading your baby, and if you can see your baby's hungry and your baby's crying. Then pick them up and feed them. That's perfectly normal and setting baby up for it, feeling that security and comfort that they need as a little person.
0: Mm. This next question comes from Amanda in Perth. She says, I've just moved my 10 month old into the room with my two and a half year old. As both were sleeping through the night and after nearly three years with a baby in the room with us, it was time to reclaim the room. While both are still sleeping through the night, I'm noticing that my toddler tends to wake the baby around 45 minutes earlier than she would otherwise wake up. Any tips to get the toddler sleeping longer or convince him not to wake his sister when he does?
1: Hi, Amanda, from my hometown. (laughs) Um, Really? No, sorry. Sorry just know honesty is the best policy (laughs) what you have to remember is toddlers are very unpredictable so you need to look at safety in that room when they're together toddlers are curious they want to know they want to poke things they want to pull things they want to drag things so you need to make sure that there's baby sleep safe baby's sleep space and the toddler sleep space is safe maybe a little bit too early to put your infant in there with the toddler at the moment. I think you're expecting too much from the toddler to to not pod and proke and and want to be with their sibling. I'm sorry, it's probably not what you want to hear. I think if you what you can maybe try is to have some um, lighting, keep the lighting to a minimum in the room at night and have natural light through the day. And so that helps to establish circadia rhythms. And, you know, with a gentle white noise as well in the background going all night. But, you know, toddlers in this routine now, his circadian rhythms have developed and this is what toddlers doing. So it might be worth keeping baby in your own room for a little in your room for a little bit longer.
0: Mm. This next question comes from Melissa in Melbourne. She says, my baby is four months old and he's a big boy. He's getting too big for his bassinet, but he really doesn't seem to sleep as well in his big cot what can I do to help transition him? And he's also
1: at a, a beautiful transition stage where they're progressing forward with all their brain development. You know, a lot of people call it a sleep regression and it's not, it's a progression of the brain developing and all the new skills that they're learning. So my advice would be, to make sure baby is in a safe sleeping space. So popping baby in a sleeping bag, no covers around, popping them at the bottom of the cot. they And they start to learn to roll at this age and so they often can wake themselves up. It is a phase. Please remember that it is a phase. Again, keep the lighting to a minimum at night and the room's naturally lit during the day to help establish those circadian rhythms with a gentle white noise going on. baby circadian rhythms start to mature in the brain from around uh, around 16 to 20 weeks, depending on the infant. Um, So they will start to happen now. What you can help with for baby during the day is... If you've got a wrap or a sling, wear baby during the day and allow baby to have their naps in the sling against you, having that comfort and security so you're gradually making that transition into the bigger sleep space. And we have a question from Anju
0: in Darwin. Anju says, my eight-month-old has just done a daycare and she's having trouble napping there. How can I support her at home to get used to naps in
1: a different environment? unfortunately this is going to happen with any change and baby being at eight months will be around that separation anxiety stage um, with you um, being their closest caregiver so going into a new environment whether it's being cared for you know a family member or daycare it's going to be very very strange for them and you know unsure of what the environment is in daycare are they having scheduled sleep times or are they you know, accommodating baby's needs. So they might be missing those early cues for her and she could be getting overtired and and then feeling insecure to settle. I think it's just really, um, you know, maybe having a chat with them to see what they're actually doing and just keep with what you're doing at home to help her feel safe and secure. This
0: question comes from Imogen in Sydney. She says, I'm pregnant with my second due in a month. My first is now three and a three-and-a-half-year-old and has been a terrible sleeper since birth. I feel like I did everything wrong the first time around and made a rod for my own back. How do I step, up, step it up from day one so that this next bub makes good sleep habits?
1: Oh, Siobhan, this goes back to what we were just talking about, you know, in the community, making mums feel as though they're doing things wrong for their own child. Mum, you know, Imogen, I think you're doing really well and that you haven't made a rod at all. You know, things can always be changed when you're ready to make changes, not when there's outside influences. So I think the important thing here is to read baby's cues, your next baby, to read those cues. And if you're unsure of what they are, get in touch with us. We can help you through that and identify those. So read baby's cues and act on them. And as I said, patterns can always be changed. You need to do what's right for you and your baby. I'm just wondering for those parents who, um, if
0: this is their first time, the SIDS guidelines say to sleep baby in your room, um, mm-hmm. is there a preference or, um, do you have a professional opinion about whether that should be in a bassinet or a cot or, you know, in, in terms of that, um, You know, that first time when you come home, you know, I distinctly remember putting the baby carrier on the floor in the unit. My little girl was asleep. And my husband and I just looked at each other and went, what now? (laughs) (laughs) And then she let us know what now. Yeah, that's right. um, (laughs) But in terms of, I don't know, setting up the environment, do you have any advice on what's the best way to set up your room when you're sleeping with your baby?
1: No, not really. I think you need to... um, you know make sure you've got the safe safe sleeping space for baby whatever that might look like following those SIDS guidelines you know they recommend you know width of cots and um, you know things firm mattress and all that sort of thing it's mainly looking at what you're dressing your baby in and making sure they're not overheated because babies are meant to wake that is a safety mechanism so they're meant to wake and feed overnight so that will keep them safe for doing that um, you know I also do recommend at times when it's safe to do to, to do so it's safe co-sleeping because sometimes mums need that and there are guidelines around that on what you need to do but it has to be done safely and um you know for a short period of time to get that mum through and so baby really you know needs to be breastfeeding and their there are um positioning on on where you place them in the bed and you know what's going on in the bed and who's who's not going to be in the bed and things like that. Um, So that's another era. Um, But, you know, for the sake of mum's mental health and wellbeing, I think that's what sometimes is needed. But, you know, keeping them in your room is, one, you will hear when they wake. So sometimes, especially those babies that have been controlled cried, they will just shut down and they will be quiet. And you don't hear them, so you don't know whether they've woken through the night or not, and you don't know if their needs are being met. And often they will just be sh- they will just shut down because the response is if you're controlled crying, you don't get your needs met. So you give up. Why? Why should I bother? I want to be picked up, and I might want a comfort feed, but nobody's coming to me, so I'll just shut up. I'll just be quiet. And it's really, really sad. In my previous um, role in a a mother and baby mental health unit, I used to see that a lot, especially with the babies that had um, heard and observed domestic violence. And that was really, really sad. You would just see these babies shut down. And it's, you know, it's not natural. They need to have their needs net. They need their caregiver to come and see to them. And yes, it's tough at times, you know, we're sleep deprived. But just keep reminding yourself it's only for a very short period of time. And I think as caregivers, as mothers and parents, we need to ask our village around us and our community, hey, I need help here. Please, can, you know, can somebody cook me a meal? Can somebody come and clean my house? Can somebody do my ironing or my washing? We need to care for these mums and babies because we're raising the next generation.
0: So with that, um, I think you've just touched on it there. I was going to ask you whether you had tips on how you can deal with that sleep deprivation <laughs> because, my Lord, it, it feels like you've just been whacked in the head mm, by, I, I don't know, a ton of molasses. That's the way I always yeah. used to feel, moving slowly through, it, through the day. Yeah. Um, uh, I know some people often say, if you can try to sleep when the baby sleeps and some mm. people can do that and mm. others, it's very challenging to sleep yep. during the day. Do you have any tips on how mums might be able to manage? Uh, and I say mums, it's is primarily the is, mum yeah. who the, the um, biological birth mother often is mm. the one that's at home mm. trying to yep. um, look after the child. So dealing with that sleep deprivation, any
1: ideas? It's really, really hard. And again, as I say, you know, you're getting that village around you and, and don't be afraid to ask for support and help. And I think even if you can just start with desensitizing yourself, so changing your environment, you know, when we talk about older children and their sleep and we talk about the downtime prior to bedtime you know reducing the screen time and the noise level I think you need to do that for yourselves and you know putting on you know dim lighting or you know reading a book or having a soothing hot cup of tea or something like that we say it for our children but we don't tend to act on it ourselves and I think we really need to do that and also doing some mindfulness mindfulness is very helpful to calm the mind. And there are a lot of great apps um, that you can do that with. Insight Timer is a wonderful one that has loads and is free that you can download. So we need to take heed of what we're what we're saying to our children and do that as well. And they learn by role models. Yeah. I know you know, I know these are infants, but um, I think you need to do that. And self-care is so important.
0: Yeah, when you can get someone I, I always bring up the fact that my husband used to um, take my daughter for a walk in the morning, so I'd be up with her, feeding and whatnot through mm. the night, and then I just knew it was like gold to me that he would take her for mm. at least an hour walk, go yeah. around. All the baristas knew him, gave her free yeah. biscuits, eventually <laughs> all that stuff. It was great Beautiful. for them, yeah. and I got to sleep for an hour. And just yeah. knowing that that was going to come at the end of it, yes. yeah, somewhat challenging night. Yes, yeah.
1: Bless her cotton socks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and if baby is unsettled, then we need to find why baby's unsettled. You know, not just a Band-Aid for what's happening. You know, often, you know, colic gets thrown around so often. And, you know, and then saying, oh, try this colic mixture or try this or try that. Well, baby's gut isn't made for that. So I think, you know, seeking the right health professional to help you find out what is going on for baby can be you know like you said gold you Mm. know really really can be
0: make a big difference well leonie thank you so much for chatting with us today you're welcome wonderful advice um if you didn't get to ask your questions you can book a one-on-one session with leonie through babyology's parent school and we'll be back next week we're going to be talking about toilet training something a little bit different Mm. i'm siobhan hunt see you then Bye. bye